Welcome to the Changemakers series brought to you by the Primary Healthcare Program and Quality and Education Department. Please note that our sessions are recorded and will be posted on SoundCloud for shared learning purposes. If you do not wish your name to be public and have questions during the presentation, please feel free to email nicole.farago at ahs.ca or sabrina.singh at ahs.ca and we will happily forward your questions to the presenters. Thank you. All right, so welcome to our Changemaker series, everyone. Um, for those of you who are new to joining us, uh, we aim to bring people, different people together with various perspectives and hopefully spark some of those aha moments that might help us deal with the complexities we often face in our healthcare system. So in honor of what matters to you day, our topic today, bringing that to life. And so now to start us off, drum roll please, because I don't have music, I'd like to introduce and welcome our new host, Jake, who is now one of our new directors within the integration and innovation team in our primary healthcare program. So I'll be passing the mic over to Jake. All right, thank you, Sabrina, much appreciated. And uh, it's my pleasure to introduce our two guests of honor. Um, in one corner, we have Marcella Gibbs, who is an experienced patient advisor, who is also a wife, mother of two sons, grandmother of two, and great-grandmother to one great-grandson. With a passion for communication, Marcella's journey with AHS began one and a half years ago through the Step Forward program as a patient advisor with the rehabilitation team. And since then, it has opened up to many opportunities, including a role with health change methodology, di digital storytelling, and today. So Marcella, welcome and thank you for your commitment and your involvement in, um, in all these endeavors. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Great. I, I look forward to the conversation. Um, and our second guest is Roma Thompson. Roma is the Director of Community Services, Transitions and Integration at the Calgary West Central Primary Care Network. Um, she'll, she'll go into what the work she does and what our primary care networks for those people who are unfamiliar with them soon. Um, her team values having patients as partners and hopes to co-design current and future programs through a patient advisory council. Uh, I would like to acknowledge Roma for her courage in showing up here because today we're going to have a conversation about how do we get going? How do we move from just um, to, to co-designing and co-creating and really uh, engaging patients in a meaningful way. And so Roma and her team have that as a goal, but they haven't got it all figured out yet. So I think it makes for a, a very interesting discussion. So thank you, Roma. Welcome. Thanks, Jake. Um, morning, everyone. I'm delighted to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. And so some of you um, who have online access, please feel free to type your questions into the chat box and we'll get we'll get to them as we can in the flow of the conversation. Uh, I will also be kind of opening up for questions periodically through the conversation. So um, hold your questions until the invitation and we'll go from there and it'll be a fluid conversation. So on that note, let's get started. Um, so Roma, can you just tell us a bit about what is a primary care network and what is the work that you're doing? Sure. So, yeah, I don't know how familiar everybody is with primary care networks, but there are 41 networks in Alberta. 
We are not part of Alberta Health Services, which I think can sometimes be confusing for, for people. We, we do partner very closely with Alberta Health Services and we're funded by Alberta Health, but we're not actually part of the big system of AHS. Um, and what we're set up to do is to support family physicians in providing more sustainable um, practice and services to patients in primary care. So Calgary West Central PCN um, supports the southwest quadrant predominantly in Calgary. We have almost 500 family physicians who are part of our network, um, and that's in about 118 different clinics across the area. And we have programs such as after-hours clinics that will provide services in evenings and weekends to, um, to patients. Um, we have teams that are co-located in family practices and will provide more kind of self-management strategies and, and education. And then we just have a lot of other programs and supports to patients and family physicians in the area. So it's always a bit of a challenging uh, thing to explain what a, a PCN is because there's <laughs> so much that we do do. Um, but hopefully that's just a, a brief overview that helps. Yeah, that's perfect. Thanks, Roma. And Marcella, next question is for you. And as we we're preparing for this, you you had a really some great compelling thoughts on the on the difference between being a patient and patient advisory. Um, can you maybe talk a bit about the distinction between the two? Yes, an advocate uh, seeks to ensure specific outcomes. In other words, they journey with the patient. Uh, so it's a different role completely than being an advisor. An advisor uh, seeks to, I guess, inform the process. So we're bound. We have boundaries and limitations. Uh, we have personal boundaries and personal limitations. Those, those are the things are, that we, we don't get involved in that medical part. There's um, confidentiality. Uh, everything we do is is confidential. We don't um, spread that around. Um, the participation is um, uh, always online, it seems, uh, mostly telephone calls. And it's more of, uh, we look at an advisor role, which seems, gee, I don't know anything about this. So how can I possibly be an advisor? But the topics that come up um, as not being part of the medical system, we have questions that come up uh, more from the patient's side than from the knowledgeable side. It's more what we need as a patient. It's more what we want. And so we participate in that fashion. That's great. Thank you. Can you speak about what motivated you to participate? You're volunteering a tremendous amount of your time, and I'm wondering what is motivating you to do that? Well, it started out uh, in 2017, and I was part of the, the Step Forward program, and I was finishing it. And then the uh, Barb Turner, the uh, kinesiologist, talked to me later, and she says, you know, there's something going on with Alberta Health Services, and maybe you you'd like to do that because I was looking for volunteering in, in something and I still haven't found a fit for myself. And I thought, well, this is pretty blind, but I'll, sure, I can look at it and see whether there, it is something I like. So the first, the first year was a pretty um, 
well, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know where you're going. You don't understand what you're a part of. So it's in these meetings that slowly you start to learn. Now, I, I, was, I really appreciated when health change methodology uh, had a need for a patient advisor, and that seemed to strike a nerve with me. Mm-hmm. So my hand went up. And that opened up again, learning more about what this is all about. And then when the storytelling came in, I thought, wow, what a gift. Why would they ask me? I don't even have a story. But they convinced me that I did have a story, and I went on the workshop. That that brought on more excitement, and now it feels like, I don't want to call it a job, but it's um, it's a commitment for me that has an excitement going every day. I only want to learn more and uh, be a part of something that's so exciting. Uh, so I don't think I ever expected to find something like this in my senior years. Mm. It's truly been a gift. Great. Well, thank you. And Roma, you're probably busy. And so I'm wondering, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and setting up a patient advisory committee takes a lot of work. I'm, what's motivating you and your organization to move this forward? Well, you know, it's been something that um, we've used the language patient-family-centered care for a long time. And, and we use it a lot in everything we do. But I think more recently what we've realized is that without actually having, and I think I think we consult patients a lot when we are talking about their care delivery on an individual level. So we involve them in setting goals and, um, and setting the direction of where their own individual care will go. But we've never looked at that on a bigger level when it comes to our own programs and services. And, you know, we, we develop these programs and services predominantly for the, the benefit of our patients. And so, you know, it's, it's come through in a lot of discussions that we should be doing this. Um, and I think like many teams um, and many organizations, you know, you, you wait for the right time to, uh, to bring in patient advisors and you always feel you're not ready. So we've had projects and we've thought it would be really great to have a patient at the table as we plan this project, but we're not ready for them to join us yet. And I know through various conversations I've had with um, Joanne Ganson and others that have been heavily involved in in patient engagement uh, for many years, the advice is you'll you'll never be ready. If you wait till you're ready, it's not going to happen. So you have to get started and and you also have to really engage the patient advisors at the very start. So, you know, it's, it's not any use coming in partway through to just test something by a group of patient advisors. They really will add much more value if right at the very start of the planning, they're there at the, the table. So, so we've thought about it and we've talked about it for a while, but I guess we, um, we've just taken that leap of faith to say, we're never going to be ready, so let's just do something. And um, hopefully we'll, we'll learn as, as we go. And, and it's exciting. I think everybody who I've spoken to who's been involved, whether the Marcella and other patient advisors um, or teams that have had patient advisors part of them, Everybody has always said what a, um, a really rewarding and exciting opportunity it is, and it's some of the best work that they actually get involved in in a given day. So that's that's part of the reason we're motivated. But uh, I, I think a lot of it, yeah, we've, we're still learning. So so who knows? I'm sure there'll be a lot more. I'd be able to answer that question more fully in another few months' time. We'll have a follow-up conversation next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so just get started is your key piece of advice, just go for it. 
Yeah. And Marcella, yeah. Um, you mentioned that when you started, you didn't really know what you were doing. And I'm wondering, as healthcare teams just get started, what might we do to to ease your transition, to ease your uh, patient advisors into it? Maybe what information or what would be helpful to, for us to get started? Well, Joanne sent me uh, information regarding the primary care network uh, last week. And uh, that, that really put everything into focus. So I was able to look at all that, study it all, and realize what part rehabilitation was in that circle where mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Uh, and I think that could be given earlier to see where you really fit and what is happening. I didn't even know what PCN stood for. Hmm. You see, because I'm not a medical person. I, I kind of thought it had to do with maybe patient care, something, but I didn't know what the end was. And uh, so this came up about two weeks ago. So I've done all of this sort of just not knowing what a big project this is and how many people are involved, how many services. You see, like even in Step Forward, they'd say, well, go to your community to find your rehab options. I didn't know what that meant because in my community, there weren't any. I could, I could join yoga, yoga maybe, you know? Mm -hmm. I didn't get it. So I think that piece is really important too. It was important to me. Thank you. Now, Roma, as you got started, what are what were some of the critical questions that came up in your mind as you took that first step? Uh, well, so the, the stage that we're at at the moment, we just started our active recruitment this week. So everything has been very theoretical it's all been planning up till now so I think for us it, it's that fear of the unknown is we really because we've not had any conversations whatsoever with any potential patient advisors that we are we're, we're just trying to figure out what we know and what we don't know and and again we've had some very helpful information and documentation from people who have done this before us but a lot of the questions are you know just trying to figure out how do how do we recruit? How do we um, how do we identify potential patients who would like to embrace an advisory role like this? And um, and what information do we need to? Just as Martella was saying, you know, more information is better, but we don't also want to give information overload and um, shut down people who find it too overwhelming because we give too much information. So a lot of our discussions have been what's the right amount. Um, and even we're going to be doing a recruitment phase for, we anticipate, two to three months. Um, and I, I suspect every week when we have a meeting, we'll be refining part of our process and learning what we think we maybe are on the right track with and the things where we've got feedback and maybe we've missed something or or we've made a, a misstep. So so for us, a lot of the, the anxiety is just that we, I guess, we just don't really know exactly what we're doing. So we're <laughs> trusting that um, people who have gone before us and the experience they have will reflect um, our experience. But again, we're a different organisation now. We're set up slightly differently. So we'll probably have to modify some of that to, to meet our own individual environment um, and so some of that is still definitely 
the sort of stuff that, that keeps us awake at night. But uh, but yeah, exciting at the same time. So Mar- <clears throat> Marcella, fear, I often hear uh, what prevents people, and I experienced this myself in the work I did, but often what prevents us from just starting as healthcare providers is fear, whether it's fear of saying the wrong thing or be, not sharing what to do. How, if you were speaking to a healthcare provider who had these fears, what would you say to them? Well, I think that is the way I've, I've um, in a lot of ways, uh, was affected with the rehab part because I was so new and I didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm. And so I, I really felt like I was just um, a listener mm-hmm. and uh uh, the longer I'm in, uh, the the more important I realize my role could be. But one really important thing is when we get information for a meeting that we truly, truly study that because we're so green we don't we don't even know what this is about at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But if you really study it then you might be able to click into that conversation. And I know that that was a part that I didn't realize that I was reading it, but I wasn't really studying it so that I could be an effective part of that meeting. Is there things that we could do as healthcare, as a healthcare system that would not work? That if we did something, um, it would alienate you or, or kind of push you away from participating? What are some things we should avoid doing as we engage patients? Well, there hasn't been anything that stopped me from wanting to be engaged. (laughs) So you see, I think everybody is different. We all have different things to offer. Uh, Some people have time, others don't. Uh, um, uh, To me, it, it was a fit. I didn't I didn't know if other people thought I was a fit, but I sure hoped I was, you know. Now, I don't, the one thing that I I find a little bit um, isolating is that we don't know uh, fellow advisors. So we never, we never know them. So we can't even talk together about what a, how we feel about being an advisor. I, Somehow, I think this has been tried before, and it it hasn't been that successful. But for me, I, I if I had names and phone numbers, I probably would connect with a few people hmm. just to feel a part of a group. Now, once I got involved with uh, health change methodology, and then the storytelling, and now change makers, the same people, core people, are popping up, and they're not advisors but they're all part of primary care. And I'm feeling a closer relationship with that. Uh, I think it's important to build a friendship uh, with the people you're working with, and and maybe it is with, with the staff. But I feel a closer relationship because we do, we're doing so much, and I'm so involved on almost all the time right now, as opposed to say with the rehab. The rehab is, you know, meetings every three months or something. 
Mm-hmm. And so we don't have that contact in between to form that um, connection. And I know Liz is on the phone, so she's probably thinking, oh, really? <laughs> so, totally get that, Marcella. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still our, you know, one of our stars, and it, it comes with time, yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. But you see, I'm learning more. Uh, about the whole complexity of this. Through the involvement. A compl- well, the system is complex too, and then we pop oh, it in is. every once in a while. Yeah, um, yeah. understood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Roma, um, yes. we've had a couple of conversations with Marcel in pre- pre- preparing, and I'm wondering um, what's been helpful for you moving the council forward, having these conversations with Marcella? I think. Just, you know, the, the piece that I was mentioning earlier about us not necessarily feeling ready. Um, I think when Marcella has really helped uh, reassure me is that it's actually okay for us not to be ready and to be that little bit vulnerable and to work with the advisors to say, you know, we're, we'll figure this out together. You're new, mm-hmm. we're new at this as well. And let's just see how we can actually work on this together. And I, I think she's given me that reassurance that that will actually build a stronger connection um, as a as a committee, as we as a council, as we get to to work together, rather than I know some of the examples that she had given before is that it's hard to join something when it's already formed, and you're maybe joining partway through. So this is for us. It's the fact that we're not ready maybe is actually an opportunity for us, and is something that will maybe put some of the advisors at ease as well. That you know we're all going to sort of work on this together and figure it out as we go and it doesn't need to be perfect and they don't need to come in with ideas and impressions and um, ready to contribute straight away um, because we would be doing orientation we'll be figuring out as a committee or as a council what we're, we're actually going to do together so I think that's been really helpful is just not only the reassurance that that's okay but I think Michelle you were actually saying it's almost preferable to, to mm-hmm. be there right at the very start and to know that. So, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I think with rehab, and Liz is probably going to agree with this, I think I came in a little bit later. And so um, I, I felt like, well, the way I've said, it, I just wasn't quite connected for quite a while. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like the ILC, that... that conference was excellent what was excellent about it marcella that that conference in june last year that was so good because we had a few advisors around our table it was a big conference a lot of people a lot of interest and it made us it made it made me feel like wow there's there's a lot going on here but i still did not pick up on that that uh, model that is with the PC, uh, uh, the the primary care network uh, drawing mm-hmm. of the circles, you know, that was, had an impact. And maybe nothing more than that is needed, but it shows how the circle of health and the community and the person. So, so- and you see that the ALC was a perfect uh, venue too to uh, recruit advisors. Hmm. Tell tell me more about that. How does how is that 
how did that help with recruitment? Well, that was when Julie Robinson approached our table mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the conference and said that she was looking for advisors for health change methodology. And so she told us about it. It happened to strike a note with me. And that was the first time I put my hand up for something, but the first time I had an opportunity to put my hand up for something other than rehab. Hmm. You see? Yeah. It didn't take away my interest of rehab. It just added. Great. Now, Roma, um, we spoke about fear. Uh, how have you built that burning platform with your team, with other healthcare providers to understand the importance of bringing patient advisors in from the get-go? You know, it's actually not been that difficult because I think anytime we've had those conversations with any of our teams, it makes perfect sense. So it's actually not that hard a sell to to bring, you know, as I say, we've, we've talked about patient family centre care in a way that we do one-to-one -one care delivery. But I think when we, we look at our programmes and our services, we... We've asked for feedback in the past, but that's sort of retrospective. We've just never had the advisors at the table and helping us with the planning. So I think it's a logical next step. Um, talk, talking of burning platforms, though, one which did come around for us is we are working through the accreditation process with Accreditation Canada. And we had our primer survey last year. And what they said is they, see, they hear lots of intention from us that... Um, we're all about patient-centered care, but they're still looking for the evidence that we involve patients in that co-design and that, that planning. And so next year, we are doing the next phase of our, our accreditation for Cumentum. And um, so that's a bit of a burning platform because we do need to have some, some evidence that we are, we are uh, walking the walk and actually doing some of this. So I think that's helped as well with the team because we actually had the and surveyors come in and an external review say, you know, this is great, but this is how it could be even better if you move this to the next the next phase. So I think that's definitely helped with the, the planning. But uh, yeah, I mean, one, one of the things that we are struggling with with our teams a little bit, um, and maybe where some of the fear comes in is around what Marcella was talking about at the start around this advisory rather than advocacy. And as we start, and we just started on Monday to have our team start to talk with patients about the potential for, for taking on a role like this. And and many, even of our teams, are still a little bit confused and saying this is a great opportunity for patients or maybe family members to give feedback. And so we're having a lot of continual uh, discussions around what advisory actually is. And so one of the anxieties I, I do have is if we get a lot of applications from people who don't necessarily have the right understanding of the show. We don't want to disengage patients and to, to decline a lot of people who are interested, but we've got to be very intentional about the people we bring into the council, that they're there for, for the right reasons. And and I know that's something where I've had lots of advice from others who've been involved in similar processes before, but it's really, I think what I'm most fearful of is that we don't get ahead of that at the start um, and then patients believe they're getting the chance to be part of something which when we then talk to them is, is very different than, than what they first thought. So that's a piece that we're still, we're really trying to reinforce with our teams to make sure they're clear on that message so that it doesn't get confusing when they're, they're talking with patients. But, um, well, that makes me think of something like, how, how do you know when you ask an advisor 
to join, you know? Uh, I've wondered that myself. Like, why did Barb ask me? Mm. I I still don't know. Mm. You know, it's just that uh, I think that is, you know, in uh, street talk, it's it's a (laughs) crapshoot. You know, because that advisor may not fit with you because this is something that in all the things that I have done, you always know when the plea goes out for an advisor and they send you something and say, would you be interested? I know that they're going to be interviewing me and to see whether I am a fit or not. And I fully expect them to come back and say, you know, you're, you're not a fit for this. And that I shouldn't be discouraged with that. I think you have, you have a goal and you have, um, uh, you have a list of what you need. And I, I think everybody who you approach has to know that there'll be another place for them if, if it isn't here. Yeah. And what we're hopeful of is that our, our teams who are identifying patients to have these conversations with will we'll be chatting to patients who are, are always more curious about what we do. So not necessarily the patients who have concerns about the delivery of their own care, but the ones who, who come to one of our, our programs and, and are curious. So, you know, what, tell me about this primary care network. I'm not, I've not met, you know, encountered services through the PCN before and, and maybe they start the conversation by just that place from that place of curiosity. So I think that's how we hope that we'll identify potentially some of the advisors because the sorts of conversations they have with their healthcare providers are, are sometimes different than ones um, who are maybe more looking to, to advocate or family members who want to advocate for, for the care of their loved ones. So we're mm-hmm. hoping that will help us identify them. But then, mm-hmm. yes, we will have an interview process. But we're just mindful that we want to, we want to continue to, to engage and not to, to disengage anybody as we work through this process. So, Marcella, you said you weren't sure why Barb invited you in as a patient advisor. And I'm wondering, and this may not be a fair question, but can you guess or speculate what was it about you that watched you? Well, in the program itself, I was probably the most fit person there. So probably the way I engaged into, into that and engaged with the people might have been something. And uh, I was interested in how she got into kinesiology and how she started with Alberta Health Services. How did that all work? So I probably, uh, I probably generated some questions about that. And then it was after I was finished and I was actually across the hall playing pickleball when she came out one day and says, you know, maybe you, I want to talk to you about this. So I thought, oh, okay, you know. Mm-hmm. So Roma, it sounds like you're on the right track with looking for people who are curious. Yeah, and, I hope so. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Marcella, I'm wanting to get a bit more concrete. Um, and what are some practical steps we can take to better prepare patient and fa- family advisors for partnering? We- well. Go ahead. No, no, sorry. That's yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. Uh, I think the initial part was, you know, once you're in, um, 
things just happen. You know, like uh, Roma says, you don't want to do information overload. Hmm. And so maybe I wasn't ready to receive that information. You know, I think somewhere I read that with advisors, you learn more and um, the groups you're with uh, probably know that something else might come along that something shiny catches your eye and moves on. You go to another group, and uh, but it doesn't mean you necessarily drop the one you're in. But the learning process, I think, is a slow one. And uh, um, you listen more than you talk, in, at least in my case, I, I did. I listened more until I started to feel like I, I had an idea of what was going on. And so I, I think for me, I would have liked to have known, um, it was a surprise to me that um, primary care network is not a part of Alberta Health Services. You see, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure out, my brain wants to know how this is all built together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's is. And I think you know, and I'm sure Liz is going to say that too, with the advisors that are with rehab, uh, she can tell those that want to know more and those that like where they are. And so I think you know yourself, you're going to know what you have to feed certain people. You know, I, I think I was hard to control. And I think we're a lot like... I'm laughing out like, loud, Marcel. We're not. <laughs> you know, I just wanted more and more and more. Hmm. And what, I think there are a lot say, of people like me. I wonder if that's why Barb chose you or suggested you. Maybe. 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 I don't know. All I know is I've been alerted to everything around me. You know, this week I've I found uh, two primary care networks in Edmonton. One was right by a store I shop at, and I'd never seen it before. I never noticed it. And so I thought, hmm, you know, now my big question is, how many advisors do we have in Alberta? You know, I've got questions now. I'm, I'm starting to be curious about the construction of this network. And the whole Alberta medical system, actually, how it fits together. So, Marcel, when we talked about uh, Roma mentioned accreditation is often a good burning bridge impetus to get us started. And the risk is always that engaging patients becomes a, a tokenism type thing and it's mm -hmm. not authentic. What are some things that we can do as a system to ensure we don't fall into that trap? Well, I think during the meetings, like even initial meetings, you know, it wouldn't be bad, I think, to have a trial period to see how you like it. Maybe not how you like us, but how do we like the group? And that might indicate whether you have the right advisors. That could be one thing. Um, there might be characteristics in each person that 
you, I don't know whether you feel, there might be something there that doesn't resonate right. And, and every advisor has to know that they, they may be, um, there's other places for us. We all have talents and we don't fit into everything. And somehow you have to be able to pick that up. And uh, I only know of uh, a couple that I have noticed in, in meetings that I've kind of wondered about and wondered, are the meetings running as fast as they should? Are they, uh, are they staying on track? Are they, you know, those are things that um, I would say nip that in the bud as fast as you can so that your focus on the meeting stays focused. And we don't get in um, bringing up our whole life mm -hmm. that you don't need to know. That's just sort of a little, I, I'm having a hard time kind of verbalizing all of that. Uh, but I, that's what I have found in, in some of the meetings that, uh, you know, there, uh, there might, oh, I guess, how do I say it? Um, uh, being a good moderator is, is controlling the flow of the meeting. Right. So those boundaries make sure people know where they fit and their role in the meeting and then maintaining those boundaries to keep things moving. Is that kind of? Exactly. Exactly yeah. right. And then those advisors that don't feel a fit, I think they will back out. Hmm. Because they're there for a different reason. Thank you. Now, I know I promised that I'd open things up for questions periodically, and I've been so engrossed in the conversation. We're 40 minutes in, and I haven't done it yet. But I would like to, <laughs> are there any questions out there that anybody would like to raise? Feel free to come off mute and speak up. Okay, um, Roma, is that is that something that you've uh, thought about? Is how do we make sure that this engagement is authentic? And it's yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, I, again, I've taken advice from from Joanne and and others who have done this extensively beforehand. And and I know one of the things that um, she had advised us is once we do have our initial council meetings, and our plan is to do them face-to-face, -face, certainly initially, with maybe the option for the online or the, the phone conversations once the council get to know each other. But that, that's certainly our initial plan. Um, but Joanne had strongly recommended that after every meeting, one of the team on the council who'd be appointed a liaison type role, um, so one of our, our own staff, would follow up individually with each of the the advisors and get some feedback. What was their experience of the meeting? What did they think went went well? What did they think um, didn't go so well? And what opportunities you know there may be for us to um, to evolve as we as we go forward? So I think that was a key piece of advice for us was to make sure that we're constantly checking in with the advisors, not just at the meetings but also afterwards and having an individual phone call where there's an opportunity for them to raise something that maybe they wouldn't have felt comfortable raising. Um, at the group or maybe they didn't even think about till they were driving home after the meeting and and thought yeah this is something that maybe didn't quite resonate with me um, and certainly doing that for the first few meetings if not on an ongoing basis but making sure we're committing that time and making sure the advisors really feel that 
their input is valued and, and we want to hear what they have to say, not only at the meetings, but also afterwards if they have advice for us for what we could do differently. So I think that was a, a key piece of advice that we've we've got two individuals who will be part of our uh, council from a staff perspective and they've um, stuck their hands up to say that they'd be happy to be the people who will, will follow up with the advisors uh, after the meeting. So I'm hoping that will make it feel a bit more authentic for, for the advisors that they really feel that value. Great, thank you. Go ahead, Marcella. Yes, I agree. I think that's a critical part to do that. Yeah, yeah. So it's quarter two, and I think this is a, a, a natural place for us to begin to wrap it up. And I just, um, starting with you, Roma, are there any final thoughts or things that you um, want to make sure you we discuss? Really, I think it's been a, it's been a great discussion, and as always, I've learned a lot from chatting with Marcella about the, her first-hand experience of this type of work. I guess my, my my parting words might be a little pitch to anybody who's listening out there and who has some connections with patients in the southwest of of Calgary and who's maybe thinking about individuals who they believe might uh, enjoy an opportunity to be a patient advisor. That say so we have started our our recruitment process so if anybody was um, thinking of individuals who might be interested then certainly to to connect with me or um, to draw to attention that this opportunity exists and, and hopefully they can uh, maybe explore if this would be a good fit for them so yeah a little bit of a, a tag there for recruitment so. <laughs> <laughs> great and Marcella how about you any final words of wisdom for us well I really enjoyed this I I um it made me think more about my role. And, uh, and I think, too, advisors can also uh, invite uh, friends who might be good advisors to, to contact Alberta Health Services. You know, uh, they may not be the patient, but they could be the caregiver in certain areas. And I think they would be uh, good, uh, good advisors. I know that I've approached several of my friends. And uh, one of them, her husband has Alzheimer's. And I've said, you know, when things lighten up for you, I think you'd be a great advisor. She says, really? Do you think so? And I said, absolutely. You've walked the journey. You're, you're so compassionate about everything. And, and you know what to expect. And so, um, you know, I think we can be a part of helping to fill those gaps. And, and, um, and to even be a part today of... Uh, of being able to speak about why I did it, you know, why I'm doing it, and I hope I live long enough to see the end of all of this, you know. Uh, I've, I'd like to see the successes of it. Hmm. Well, I want to just thank you both for the, the generosity of your time and wisdom today. I think it's been, um, I've really enjoyed working with you both uh, over the past few weeks if we've got put this together, so I just want to thank you. I also want to really thank Sabrina Singh and Joanne Gadden. Uh, the amount of work to coordinate this type of event is pretty exhaustive and um, it wouldn't have happened without their work. So thank you to those two. And on that note, I'm going to pass it back to Sabrina for a close up. So thanks again.